And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. For those of you that are new, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about us because uh, we're always getting new, new listeners around the world. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort worldwide. We believe that the only way we're going to be able to really battle this disease is to share knowledge and have everyday conversations about life with dementia. And that's what we want to do. We want to hear from everyone, those living with dementia, uh, family members, business professionals, um, advocates, researchers, movie directors. Um, you know, We've had kids on here that are, are doing movements for it. Um, everyone's voice is important because when you share your passion and your experience, it helps the next guy. And it empowers you too to realize how much you've learned on this journey and how much you truly have to share. I also want to thank all of our listeners for um, for your likes, your clicks, and your shares because even though that seems like a really little thing and it doesn't cost you anything and it doesn't take uh, much time or effort, um, you you got us recognized as being the number one influencer online, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. And again, we couldn't have done that without you. The other thing that I want to point out that it's so critical for us to share information and and in multiple types of platforms because everybody learns different. Everybody's going to be attracted to something at different times. And there are many people that you can influence that you might not really even know that well. Uh, maybe you don't even know that they're dealing with dementia. Um, and the more information they see, the easier it will be for them to reach out when they truly need that information. So I'd encourage you, again, to continue you know, to like to your Facebook uh, page, uh, tweet to your Twitter friends, um, you know, if you're on LinkedIn and have colleagues there or a Pinterest group, whatever it might be, all ages are being hit by this disease and are being affected. This is not a disease of one. It's, a, it's truly a disease of society. And we have to realize that there's one person every three seconds being diagnosed with this disease. And we're ending, you know, September off, um, but I just want to recognize that September actually is World Alzheimer's Month, and so it's a great time again to spread the word and and just become an advocate. Um, my goal here is to you know raise everyone's voice, but I think the most important voice really to hear is um, those with dementia. And so I've decided on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio to start having a co-host. And we're going to kind of rotate who that will be. Um, but today we're lucky to have Brian LeBlanc with us from Florida. So welcome, Brian. Well, thank you, Lori. How are you today? Doing great. Do you want to give people just a little background on yourself? Sure. Um, as Lori said, I'm living, I live in Florida. I'm in Pensacola. 
Uh, I was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's in October of 2014. I am now 56 years old and I do, I, I don't, I don't say that I suffer from Alzheimer's. I don't say that I'm a patient with Alzheimer's. I am living with it. Um, the, the good and the bad. So uh, I do the best I can through advocating. I'm a national uh, Alzheimer's advocate. I'm lucky enough to travel throughout the country as well as locally and uh, share awareness and knowledge of everything and all things Alzheimer's and dementia-related illnesses. Wonderful. Thank you, Brian. Now, today our guest <clears throat> is um, is a daughter, uh, and her name is Jennifer Freeman, and she's a mother of three kids, and she works full-time in an elementary school. But she's also an Alzheimer's advocate. You see, her father lived with dementia for five years, and she says he will always be her hero. So I want you to um, <clears throat> really listen to what we're going to talk about today because she's done something pretty incredible um, in terms of being able to get an Alzheimer's license plate in her state, and um, I know her goal is to see see those in all 50 states. So welcome, Jennifer Freeman. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a pleasure to talk to everybody and hopefully bring more awareness to this horrible disease. Well, great. Why don't we start out with you telling our audience a little bit about your journey um, in terms of how and why you got involved um, in dementia? My dad was a head high school football coach here in the state of Kansas for 35 years. He beat prostate cancer. He had quadruple heart bypass. And at the age of about 79, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. We owned, at the time, we owned a bank, and we've had it for a long time. And it was signs of him forgetting people's names customers, deposits, account numbers, that we kind of realized something was going on. We, my, my brother and I took him to the doctor and they diagnosed him with Alzheimer's. He was home with my mom for about a year until she could no longer take care of him. And we admitted him to an Alzheimer's unit nursing home, which is about 15 miles away from where we live. And he was doing really well for a while. He then fell and broke his hip and was wheelchair bound until the day he died. Um, but watching him go from a man who loved life, loved wildlife, was uh, the greatest grandfather, father, husband, friend, loved watching his grandkids grow up, being a coach. He had five players go play in the NFL to not knowing who you were, his name, um, what day it was, what year it was, who the president was, was heartbreaking. So we would go visit him three or four times a week in the nursing home, and I've taken pictures. And back in November of 2015, he got really, really sick, and we called hospice in, and they told us it was going to be about three weeks, and he died December 18th of last year. Um, and I miss him every day. Like I said, he is my hero, and I want to do all I can to help other families going through this journey because it's a horrible, horrible disease that robs somebody of their memory, and it's, there's no cure. There's cures for cancer. There's 
you know, you've got heart problems, there's heart bypass, but there's no cure for this. Very true. Very true. How did, um, how did you personally react? And I, you know, I don't know if you have siblings or not. Um, I have an older brother. And when I found out when the doctor came in the room and said, your dad has got Alzheimer's, I was in a state of shock and denial because my dad was a tough man who didn't let a lot of things defeat him. I mean, he was one of the winningest high school football coaches in the state of Kansas. Mm -hmm. And you go from a man who is strong and tough and intimidating and beat prostate cancer and had quadruple heart bypass to being told your dad's losing his memory and he's probably going to lose his life to this disease. Just took the breath out of me. I mean, I just did not know how to react. I've never experienced this. And so I reached out to friends, to family, to social media, trying to find a cure, find medicine, something to help understand what was going on and what we needed to do as a family to help him with this disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jennifer, um, you also have children. How did they react to their grandfather having dementia? My children were very uh, shocked, heartbroken, but knew they needed to step to the plate and spend as much time with them as with him as they could, because we didn't know how long it was going to be. The doctor couldn't tell us, you know, it was going to be three months, it's going to be three years, it's going to be 10 years. Mm-hmm. So they would, on their own, from time to time, go visit him in the nursing home and or I would take them and we would take pictures. I've got a really sweet picture of Caitlin and my dad holding hands. And that's all it is, is those two holding hands. You don't see any faces. You just see two hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Now, were they um, initially, well, maybe I should ask this first. How old were your children when, um, when your dad got diagnosed? Um, Caitlin was 12. Bryson was 14 and Tyler was 16. Okay. Yeah, because that, that could be a, I mean, any age can be tough. You know, as, as adults, we don't like dealing with this stuff and, and seeing changes. But um, right. with, with kids, it can be really hard because they don't have support groups and stuff established. And peer pressure can be pretty um, heavy with them. And um, But yet it's so important for them to have outlets to be able to talk sometimes not just to mom and dad but to other people and I think that that's a place in society where we're lacking a bit too right I mean my kids were used to my dad coming out and seeing them every day or calling them on the phone to attending school events football games track meets basketball games and then now you go from dad being there to dad not being there at all Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's a that's a tough thing. My my daughter, um, I mean, she's only known her her grandma with dementia, so all of her life, um, that was just a grandma she knew, right? And and, uh, and so she didn't know any different. And they were just so close when my mom died, you know, a couple of years ago and things. Now, Brian, you have had um, dementia in your family. Um, how have the children in your family reacted um, to it on the various levels? Well, the, the the first person that I can remember was my grandfather. His mother was the one that started 
that we know of um, started the um, Alzheimer's. So I'm fourth generation. Um, and I saw my grandfather go through the same thing that your children had watched their grandfather go through, going from someone that was always on the go, uh, caring for my grandmother, who was a, uh, a paraplegic, and all of a sudden go to someone that couldn't remember our name um, and just was uh, was just it was it was hard to see him go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of uh, accepted it, and then I saw my mother go through it, um, which was which was extremely tough um, because this is the the woman that that raised you. This is the woman that, uh, you know, cared for you. And now we were all caring for her and, um, and now me, you know, and, um, my, my family is, is, uh, they're incredible. Uh, my wife takes great care of me. Uh, the kids take great care of me. Um, they laugh with me. Um, they give me a hard time when I forget things, but, um, it's all, it's all done. Uh, it's all done with love and, um, they, they let me do the things that I want to do. Um, but then they're always there to help me with the things that I need help for. But I, I work really, really hard to keep my independence uh, because of the fact that it, 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 it helps me. It helps me on a daily basis to do things on my own. But I know, I know now what my limitations are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's when I ask for, for assistance. But uh, they're, they're, they're absolutely wonderful. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that your dad, um, I'm sure that he, um, uh, uh, appreciated what you did and what for what your children uh, around him did for him. I think he did. I mean, he was a man that his way of, of expressing his affection towards you or telling you he loved you was to be tough on you. It wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't raised in an affectionate family. And I think that's where I'm different now with my kids. I'm very affectionate, but Deep down, I knew he was very proud of me. I knew he was very proud yeah. of my of my kids. I mean, those are the only three grandkids he had. And, you know, he wanted the best for them. He wanted the best life for them. And he was a great mentor to them. Wonderful. You know, he's going to miss out on the marriages and the, and the grand, you know, be great grandkids for him and the graduation. We've got my daughter's a senior this year, and it just kills me to know he's going to miss I mean he's, she's got a volleyball game tonight he's missing it the basketball season the graduation but he's there in spirit yep yep and that's what counts that's a that's a yes, good way to is. look at it now how did your dad take the diagnosis I don't know if he honestly understood it mm-hmm. and I really think he was in denial you know when you're told something's wrong with you uh you don't, you don't want to believe it for one. And, you know, he, I offered to quit my job several times to stay home so I could go in and go help take care of them. And they just absolutely 
no, you need to work. You need to live your life. You need to take care of your kids. Don't worry about us. Like, you can't help it. You've gone from being the, the child being raised by them to now you're the kind of the parent helping raise the child in a way. Mm-hmm. How old and was, was he when he got his diagnosis? 79. Okay. And he was 84 when he died. Okay. Gotcha. So was he retired then at that point? Yes, because we, he, let's see, he coached until 1990, and then he retired from that. But we bought, we as a family bought the First National Bank in Leroy in 1978. So he had his hands in a lot of things. He was mayor of Leroy for over 20 years. He farmed, we've got about 3,000 acres, so he farmed um, a lot of it. Um, he coached and football and track and was the PE teacher at Lawrence High, and he ran the bank. So he had his hands in a lot of things. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) And we sold the bank in 2010. That's when he kind of realized, you know, I need to do something. And it was tough. It was very, very tough because he wasn't a quitter. He was never a quitter, never saying, I'm I'm defeated, I'm done. And I think he just thought, I'm going to live the rest of my life the best I can, you know, with the help I can get. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to be not only his advocate, his voice, honor his memory, because he just, he means the world to me. I mean, I cry. I still, you know, I'm, I'm dreading December 18th because that's the year of when he passed away. And I missed being with him dying by about five minutes. And I think about it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, how did I miss it? How did, but I still think the big man had, you know, didn't want me there. Didn't want me to, you know, be there. Well, and, and, you know, when you talk to hospice, they will tell you some people will die as soon as somebody walks out the room because it's just too hard for them to leave. Their connection is so strong, and they know they can't, you know, neither of you can do it together. And, right. Um, you know, and and because the bond is so so strong. So I think if you put it in that preface, I think so many times I hear people beating themselves up of, I should have done something different, I should have been there, and... You know, I think it was, you know, their gift to you. It was the only way right. they saw. Well, two it. days before he died, we as a family, there was a bunch of us in the room, and we went to see him, and for we were in there about four hours with him, and that's the only day from the time he came back from a bigger hospital back to the nursing home on hospice that he was awake. He was awake the entire time we were in there. He was facing us. He was not tracking any of us. But he was awake, and I, in all honesty, think that was his way of saying it's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. It's okay to let me go. Wonderful. And that does really ease a family's process. Um, right. I mean, it's it's never easy, and it doesn't, uh, you know, it eases over time. But it takes a long time. A right. Long time with that when you're that close. Um what was your primary role with your dad? Um, were you, did you, like, as a family, did you schedule visits at certain times or have certain roles? Or or did you just kind of continue to be the daughter um, versus a, a care partner? Um, I was the daughter. I If I wanted to go see him in the nursing home, I went. I didn't schedule a time. I would show up any time of the day. It did not matter. Mm-hmm. And they were great. That nurse, the nursing home was amazing. The staff was amazing. I mean, 
if we wanted to see him, we could see him. If we wanted to take him out, we could take him out. He was fortunate enough where the nursing home located. He did get to witness my son. I don't, I don't think he really knew what was going on, but my, my middle son, Bryson, uh, was running at a track meet across the street at the high school where my dad attended high school, and he ran the 800 meters, and dad was in the wheelchair on the track watching, and Bryson broke the high school record with dad in there watching. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. And so Bry- Bryson said, I'm dedicating this race to my papa. Mm. And papa, I'm going to go break the record. And I mean, he beat it and he qualified for state. And it was amazing. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Now- you know, you just talked about, you just talked about um, when, you know, the last, the last time, <laughs> excuse me, everyone was around your father and yes. um, he was facing you and so forth. I've talked to a lot of people um, that were with their parents in their last day, their last hour, um, even my mother um, uh, before before she passed. They, it may not seem like they are aware, but there are different things that they do that maybe he was just giving you a sign that said, I understand. I, I know you're here. Thank you for being here. And maybe that brought him uh, some peace. Maybe that brought him closure. Um, my mother was the same way in that um, they lived in Louisiana and I'm in Florida. But when she was in her last her last hours, um, I spoke to her on the phone uh, on, on speakerphone. And she had basically been lifeless for the uh, past couple of days. But when I spoke to her and I sang to her, uh, her eyes were moving underneath her eyelids. And my sister said she had not done that in days. And so it happened. And then a couple of hours later, um, she was, she was gone. She passed. So, you know, speaking to, the number of people that I've spoken to about that, I really do believe that he may have been, you know, giving you that indication that, um, that, you know, what, uh, that he was going to be leaving and he wanted to have one last, one last moment. So, so Jennifer, um, you decided really to take an active role after your dad passed away um, in terms of raising awareness for dementia and to also honor his legacy. Can you tell people um, what what mode you went down, what path, and um, what motivated you to do so? What I did, it just kind of came out of the blue. I contacted my local state representative here in Kansas and asked her if she would consider writing an, an Alzheimer's license plate bill because I know states have license plates you can have personalized they have cancer they have firefighters etc and she didn't even hesitate she said yes she said but to get the ball rolling you really need to push social media to bring attention to this i said okay no problem so i pushed on facebook i pushed i called former players coaches friends i said send me as many emails messages texts you can get for support for this and I'm telling you I heard from people I didn't even know who they were I'm like you got to be kidding me 
And this thing just took a life of its own. And the next thing I know, she called me and she said, can you come uh, speak in front of the Senate Transportation Committee? I'm like, you're kidding. She's like, no. I'm like, okay. So I went and was a nervous wreck and spoke and cried. And uh, Life Care Center has a magazine that comes out called, I can't remember what it's called, Leadership or something. And they had actually picked Dad the year before to be one of their eight residents from across the United States in the magazine. And they came and wrote a four-page article on him. And so I presented that to each of the members. And they unanimously said, well, we're going to send it on to the Senate. It went from the Senate, and it passed in the Senate hands down. Then it went to the House Transportation Committee. I talked to them. It passed there. It went to the House. And she called me, and she said, guess what? And I said, what? And she says, it passed. Nobody said no. And I was just hysterically bawling. I couldn't believe it. And so they let me know that uh, the date that Governor Sam Brownback was going to sign it and ask if I wanted to be there. And I'm like, you better believe I want to be there. So <laughs> there were people from the Alzheimer's Association in Wichita who was sponsoring the bill to supporters, to TV stations, to you name it. They were there on the day of the signing, and he signed it and shook my hand, and then I spoke to the media and the press, and it's just, it's amazing. I just never dreamed in a million years one person's question to see if something can happen took a life of its own, and now it's like, if I can make this happen, what else can I make happen for Alzheimer's? How how do I get this going in all 50 states? How do I get the word out? You know, and when you contacted me about doing this, I was just ecstatic. I was like, yes, I will. I, I didn't even think twice. <laughs> well, it, um, it just makes sense to have something like this available and the amount of dollars that can be raised um, doing exactly. this is kind of ridiculous. So, you know, you got this push through. Pretty simply compared to um, other people trying to push stuff through the legislation. Any, right. any tips for people listening? Be persistent. Use social media. Um, contact me. I will help. I will do whatever it takes. I mean, you know, if I could go talk to people, I would do it. It just takes one person's voice to try and make a difference. And if you get told no... Because I was told, I thought we had it going, I was told that I had to have a sponsor. Well, I didn't know that before I kind of got the ball rolling. Well, just so happened, I went to KU Medical Center in Kansas City, Missouri, to a Alzheimer's conference, and Senator Jerry Moran happened to be there, who is our senator from Kansas, who is in D.C., and he was a speaker, and he was spoke, and then he was asking if anybody had questions, and I raised my hand and I told him who I was and told him who my dad was. And he says, oh, I know your, I knew who your dad was, blah, blah, blah. And I said, my, I'm up against the wall. I don't have a sponsor. And I said, I'm just hoping I can find one. And do you know within 30 seconds I had a sponsor? Wow. It was like it was meant to be for me to take that day off work to have a sponsor. Oh, your dad amazing. was working from up above, I think. <laughs> yes, a nursing home and the Alzheimer's unit from Wichita just turned around, and without even knowing any details, I said, we'll do it. And I just started crying. I was like, wow. 
It takes one person. That is absolutely awesome. Yes. I mean, I just, I, I was shaking. I could not believe how it just all fell into place and it was all meant to be because I wasn't going to go to this conference. I was kind of, I felt defeated. I felt, well, you know, I tried. I, it's not going to happen. I can't find a sponsor. You know, I, I kind of, in a way, gave up. And I'm, I'm like, no, I need to go just listen to this conference about Alzheimer's, even though dad had, had passed away. I, I just wanted to go. And that's all it took is one, one question and everything fell in place. It was like it was meant to be. So when you say sponsor, does that mean you need somebody with dollars backing you or just a name? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they have to, it has to be sponsored, but it can't be just like Jennifer Freeman sponsoring the Alzheimer's. It has to be. So this is the Alzheimer's Association out of, of Wichita sponsoring the bill. And then you send, we have to have 500 signatures of people wanting this plate. We've got two years to get the signatures. Once we get that and we get a deposit, I think it's a $30 deposit, $35, then the state of Kansas will start producing the plates. Well, that's a pretty low threshold for what I was thinking it was going to be. Because I, I, exactly. I had heard other people, and I don't know if it's different from state to state, um, where it was going to be a significant amount of dollars that they needed in order just to print a new plate. Um, well, I think it's, I mean, I know you add on extra to just your personalized or your plate, your car tag. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more, but I don't think it's much. Uh-huh. And you know, I don't care how much it is. It's for a good cause and it's in honor of my dad and every everybody else that's suffering from this horrible disease. I will pay it. Mm-hmm. Were you able to take part in the design of the of the license plate? Yes. Yes, they asked me kind of what I wanted, and I just basically said, if it can say Alzheimer's awareness and a purple ribbon, something with a purple ribbon, because that mm-hmm. is the representation of Alzheimer's. Like we've got, I've now started at the high school where my daughter attends. I've now started a purple out night during one basketball game, and I did this to raise money and last season when i did it we raised six hundred dollars and wow everybody wore purple and we sold shirts and i mean i'm just i'm trying to do as much as i can and i know i can do more and i'm just i I need that little outlet that little push that little help to do more so you know listening to your story it's not it's not the norm because you know for you to call someone and them say yes, and then for you right. to get it pushed through and have no one vote no, and then to to have all these things going, there had to be um, <laughs> there had to be a, another force somewhere that you know you you must have had you know an, an, an angel on your shoulder. Um, well, I that was, I uh, believe he he's been watching down on me. Yeah. From day one. And, you know, he, uh, I've got, uh, they've got a shed across the street from their house, a machine shed across the street from their house. And he one day called me over there and he says, Hey, come look at this. And I go, what? He had taken a can of spray paint and painted my name on the inside of the wall. And I go, why'd uh-huh. you do that? And he goes to show you, I love you. Mm. And so I think oh, about wow. little moments like that. 
that yeah. keep me motivated that no, he did love me. He did care about me. He wanted the best for me. He was proud of me. Wow. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Um, so Jennifer, what would what would be your suggestion um, to those listening if they wanted to get this license plate, um, you know, started in their state? What would be the first like three major steps that they need to take? Three major steps would be contact your local state representative, contact your house of representative, go to your driver's license bureau office and ask how you can get it started even, if it can be even started, what what the steps would take. Um, contact me. I'll try and help. I'll try and help any way I can because I, I had to do a lot of asking to, to even figure out how to get this thing started and be persistent. If you're really motivated, be persistent. And don't give up if somebody tells you no or I don't know or they don't act like they want to help you. Somebody out there will want to help. Yep. Especially if they're going kinda, through this Alzheimer's I, journey. I kind of believe that uh, somebody saying no to you, um, you would probably come back with something like, well, that's not acceptable. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I don't take no very well. I don't. And I'm, I am very persistent. It does drive a lot of people crazy, but I am persistent. And if I don't, if I get a no from somebody, I'm going to somebody else. Until I can yeah, but if either you, give me a reason why you're telling me no and what I can do different. If you're not persistent up. and if you take no for an answer, you would have never gotten this done. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and that's, and that's, if you truly believe and you truly have the passion for it, which, which you did and you showed that, um, you know, that that's what it took. Right. I've got the passion. I mean, I, when I'm, my mind gets set on something, I'm not backing down. I mean, my family will tell you that. And I've got the passion for this, not only, like I said, to honor my dad, but to help bring more awareness to this disease, raise, help raise more money, help other families going through this that don't know which direction to turn. Don't know the answers. Don't have the support because it's a, it's a disease that just, a lot of times you don't see coming and then there's, like I said, there's no cure, you know, it's horrible. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. Now the, the picture you sent me of your license plate, it says remembering my dad on it and it's got the, um, the purple ribbon on there. Um, what, what would be your thoughts if people wanted to do something that included all dementias versus just Alzheimer's with the purple ribbon? Oh, I think it'd be awesome. Because I, I think it'd be awesome. <clears throat> because I, that's one of the things that I hear from people all the time is that they don't want just one disease getting the recognition. They they want you know people living with the disease because so many people have multiple diagnoses too. Um, oh, I think there for every disease out there, if there could be a license plate for every disease, and I know there's so many, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, yes, breast cancer and cancer are probably very number one. They're at the top. Mm-hmm. But there's other diseases that probably aren't recognized as much that need the voice from someone or people out there. And the only way to do it is to talk amongst ourselves like we are now. Social media, radio, newspapers, television. I mean, I had 
this story got clear over to ABC News in Australia on what I was doing, and they picked it up and sent me a Facebook message and says, can we call you and interview you? I about dropped my phone. I'm like, you got this is a joke. There's no way somebody in Australia has picked this up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we're serious. Yep. And I'm like, here's my phone number. And they ran the story. And I'm like, my, my story's traveled halfway around the world. Yeah, it's, the it's, internet it's is a wondrous thing. It is yeah. pretty, pretty cool how um, <laughs> how we can affect one another um, and share knowledge. You know, that's just, yeah. um, you know, be able to find the shortcuts and help people out. You just think of the money that could be raised if there were license plates for all the different diseases. You know, if they just had a standard one, even if it was for cancer, heart disease, um, dementia, you know, whatever. In this time where budget crisis is crazy, you know, those that could afford to do it would and um, would feel like it was an honor to be able to do it. And it would increase awareness and it would increase funding. Um, kind of silly that we're not looking at some of these alternatives. Um, and, oh, I know. And sad at the same time um, that you, you know, and again, yours went through fairly quickly. I've heard of other people trying to do this and not not being able to get the dots connected. But all it takes is that one person in your corner, you know, rooting you right. on and, and believing in the right position. And um, like you said, you have to be persistent. This isn't a shot-in-the-dark one-time thing. Um, you really have to believe that it is possible and that, you know, the good can come from this. And- mm-hmm. we, had a bill, we had a bill here in Florida that was supposed to go through for the license plate, but uh, they had attached something else onto that bill so that if the license plate would have gone through, this other thing would have gone through, and that's what got it voted down. Um, mm. If it was just it was if it was just a bill, a standalone bill to go through, I have a feeling it would have gone through, but because of the addition of uh, and I, I just don't recall um, what the other thing was. Um, but now they try, I, I believe they're trying to push it through uh, while we're talking. I just sent a, uh, a text message um, to my, my state representative um, asking him, you know, what, what the uh, progress on the, uh, the license plate bill is right now. So I'm waiting for, waiting for him to send me a response back um, to, to let me know because I, I, I know him uh, very well. So um, hopefully I can uh, get something, maybe light a fire. You, you've inspired me to, to, uh, to persist. I would <laughs> not be more down. than happy to come talk to him. Believe me, I will talk to whoever, whenever, because this is a major, major issue that, can help actually benefit a lot of people. Well, sure it could. Sure it could. Some people think, well, it's a, it's a license plate, big deal. But the the um, the dollars the impact, from yes. yeah from that is, is huge. You, you think of universities, you know, football uh, universities that you know they they sell their license plate because everybody wants to have that license plate on their car. They make millions of dollars every single year from the sale of those license plates. So why can't something like Alzheimer's do the same thing? 
you know. Exactly. And if you could go through where, all 50 states, I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, if I could somehow figure out how to do it, I would do it and get the word out. You know, I would go talk to, you know, I would love to go talk to Congress or or other state um, capital, you know, representatives and senators and say, look, this is what I accomplished in my state. What would it take to get it done in your state? Mm-hmm. I would love right. to do it. Love to get the word out the best I can. It would be me and you both. <laughs> it would be interesting if you could talk with your congressperson and brainstorm on how how could you grow this? How could you make some yeah. connections? Are there some insights? Um, because even even if you're not in that state, you could still probably help coordinate and head up the whole social media presence with it. And, right. um, you know, and get it pushed um, and help them design that. Because 500 names really is not that much. Um, no. And I actually, I need to find out what number they're at. We just had a, uh, I participated in an Alzheimer's walk we had here in Burlington at the nursing home where my dad was this past Saturday night. And every participant got a packet of goodies and stuff. And in that packet was the Alzheimer's license plate form that you can fill out to get a place. And I know I need to push more, you know, friends and family and, okay, hey, are we close to 500? Are we close? Are we halfway? Mm Because I don't know because it's based out of Wichita. And so I've kind of let them, since they're sponsoring, I've kind of, I feel like I've kind of done my part, Mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I need to stay on top of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I just liked you on Facebook, so. I'm gonna start Aww. following you, and um, you can follow me. Yep. All you have to do is, you know, say, "Okay, you can you can be my friend." <laughs> there you go. There you go. So hey, you got to start somewhere. So at this point, just so I'm clear with this process, you've you've gotten approval to push it forward, but the plates really aren't available yet. Not until they receive 500 signatures. Okay. Once they receive those, then the, the state of Kansas will start producing the plates. But the state has to have 500 signatures and X amount of money mm-hmm. from the plates. So that's where we're pushing now. And we've got a two-year time frame. So, you know, we're not at a year yet. Mm-hmm. But, they, re- you know, we need to push. You know, I've got four vehicles, and all four vehicles are already the application. That was the I said I want to be the first person to get a plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the first person to turn in my four applications. So, with this, you don't need a design at this point. Well, they have the Alzheimer's Association worked with the state of Kansas, and they've come up with a design, okay. and it's on the flyer. Mm-hmm. I can't, and I don't have a flyer on me, so I can't tell you exactly what it looks like. It's at home. Okay. Because I, I don't know if I got that one. Um, but if you could send that a copy of that to me through Facebook, that would be great. Or through email. Um, that yes, would be I will. Wonderful. I, I have the one that says, you know, I love I love my dad on it and remembering. Um, but, yeah. ag- again, the thing I guess I would just say in, in um, future states, which would be ideal instead of having competition, would be to get this to be – all dementia related, not just Alzheimer's because exactly because I think you will end up with some pushback if they go back and say, well, we can't do one because we already have done Alzheimer's, you know, because, right. then, and so that, that's just uh, my two cents worth on that. 
um, from what I hear from people on that. So um, what's the best way to for people to get a hold of you, Jennifer? They can call my cell phone. Um, the number is 620-364-6126. They can find me on Facebook under Jennifer Freeman. They can email me at Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, Bob, B-O-B, O one, which is the zero one at yahoo.com. Okay, wonderful. Any last uh, comments that you want to uh, share with our audience? I just really appreciate the opportunity from you to be able to help share not only my dad's story of his life legacy on and off the football field, but also our family's Alzheimer's journey and this license plate journey, because without people like you, I wouldn't be able to share his story and share the journey we've been on and, and continue this journey. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, it's, and it's, I appreciate it. It's wonderful work that you're doing. Um, Brian, any last comments from you? I'm just, I'm just in awe of, of how easy, um, this went through for you. <laughs> and it, it just, it just shows, it just shows that, you know, you, you, your persistence and what a difference this is going to make. Um, it, it just goes back to, you don't really know until you try, but right. on behalf, on behalf of people um, like me that, you know, have Alzheimer's and especially for those who, who can't express themselves uh, any longer. I just want to thank you for, for doing what you do. Um, You're very, very welcome. You, know, you, you, you cared for your dad while he was here and some people would, you know, just kind of end it there. But I have met some of the most wonderful people that have gone on for years and years to remember the memory um, you know, I'm, I'm doing that for, for, you know, for my family, uh, whom right. I have lost and keep on going for them. And I'm hoping that that tradition is going to carry on with my family, that they will continue down the road. And, uh, but you, you're, you're amazing. And I just want to say, much. thank you. Thank you so much for what you do. You're very, very welcome. Well, very great. welcome. Great. Thank you for both uh, spending time with us today. I think it was a great conversation. And again, if you are interested in learning more about how to get a um, specialty license plate for dementia in your state, feel free to reach out to Jennifer Freeman. And that's just how it sounds. F-R-E-E-M-A-N on Facebook. Or you can call her at 620 364 6126, or you can always shoot her an email at JennyBob01. That's Jenny, J E N N Y, Bob, B O B O 1, at yahoo.com. Um, before we close, I just want to remind those of you who are in Minnesota to take advantage of the Good Samaritan um, Life Coaching for Caregivers. And um, I wanted to shout out to people in Indiana. If you're going to be around um, 
October 19th and 20th. I'm going to be in both Fort Wayne and Maryville, and you can get more information on alzheimerspeaks.com. Just go to the homepage. You'll see information um, regarding those conferences. I'd love to love to be able to see you. Our last show we just did, we had Ann Campanella on, and she talked about her new book, uh, Motherhood Lost and Found, which is a great conversation. We also had our co-host, uh, Brian LeBlanc, with us. Um, some prior shows talked about um, a new documentary that's going to be coming out soon. We talked about the Bob and Diane Fund, which supports uh, visual storytelling, and that grant is going to close fairly soon, so you want to check that out. We also had Deborah Shausan, who um, has her new book released called Connecting in the Land of Dementia. I will be posting later this week um, the dementia chats that we just recorded. Very interesting conversation about how people were told about their diagnosis and what resources, if any, they were given and what they would like to see um, in terms of that process being changed. Our prior dementia chats, we talked about the Alzheimer's walk and um, what it looks like and feels like to those with dementia. And um, it was just kind of, a again, another interesting conversation. We also did a video interview with uh, on our Conscious Caring Resource platform with Norms McNamara. It was really fascinating. We talked about the Purple Angel. We talked about... Um, Memory Cafes, um, the film of The Purple Angel, which will be coming out here um, soon, and his new book, The Louis uh, Body uh, Soldier. Uh, So check that out. That was really a fun conversation. Um, What else can I tell you? I think that's about it for now. Other than, you know, check us out at alzheimerspeaks.com. We have lots of different platforms. And again, please, um, please go ahead and click on those buttons to like and share Uh, with your communities. There's always somebody in need looking for information, and it's an easy way to share it. Thanks so much. Till next time. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.